welcome to another episode of Not D&D. I'm your host, Jessica, and the show is brought to you by EN World Life, which is, of course, is part of EN World. And this week, I'm feeling very festive, as I have here with me in a very festive outfit, Nick. Nick, thanks so much for coming on and joining us. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me. No problem. And we are here uh, to talk about your game, Hometown Holiday, which I was so excited to see when I found uh, saw this existed. And I'm delighted to see this uh, existed. Um, but we will talk a little bit about you and your background before we we get into it. But um, but yeah, like let's just jump into talking about you as the guest. So what do you do in tabletop RPGs? Uh, making, making your own games? How do you get started with doing that? Um, yeah, so I am a uh, game board game designer professionally, like mm-hmm. in my day job. And then yeah. I, um, I I was working at uh, this story is probably going to sound the details of which are going to be a little familiar. I was uh, working at Hasbro uh-huh. a few years back, not that part, but uh, then we did a, a, a extra life crowdfund and I, we played D and D one shots, and so that was my kind of first foray yeah. into RPGs, doing these mm-hmm. little one shots and stuff. Um, and then eventually, uh, I didn't play too regularly. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like bounced off one um, kind of a longer campaign group. Uh, then we did a one shot that I, I tried DMing for the first time, and just to show my complete lack of awareness of anything else at the time, I, I it was D and D the system, but uh, my twist was that we were uh, it was like four young kids in modern day America, and one of them is secretly an alien. And like, if I'd known better, I think that's basically just uh, kids on bikes. Um, yeah, it sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. So you invented kids on bikes with a different I didn't system. Know that okay, yet. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'd go to some conventions and things for work and get mm-hmm. to start playing um in, you know, just a little one shot advance and started to explore mm-hmm. other systems and things. Um, and then, you know, started DMing a little bit over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had a couple different ideas in my head for like, oh, I, I guess like these kind of things could um Work, work as games. And uh, I had also just before the pandemic hit, uh, found out about, um, sorry, I know Zine Month is the community one, the Kickstarter one, um, cannot think of it. Uh, the the thing where Kickstarter highlights uh, RPG zines. Um, I should know because I did my game through. <laughs> I can't remember the name, but yeah. But yeah, that thing you're talking about, sure. Yeah, I, that. I, can, remember, I can remember the, uh, the indie one, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> um, Zine Quest, there we go. Uh, I ordered a couple games through Zine Quest, and that was just really eye-opening in terms of seeing these um, these smaller games. They're way lighter on rules. I mean, like, you know, when I was doing D&D, even when I was DMing, I will be honest, I never read through that booklet, even a little bit. <laughs> it was kind of like I had okay. played in groups and learned how to play that way, and then I kind of it's like playing by oral tradition, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you know, seeing these tiny books that weren't um, like just stacks and stacks of just rules upon and rules upon rules, some of which maybe I'll use, some of which maybe I won't. It was just like, oh, this is like super straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I strive for a lot in my day job too is just like games that are super accessible and very light on rules and things like that. Just as long mm-hmm. as you can get in the game as quickly as possible and still manage depth. And and so that's kind of. Uh, Eventually, um, what led me here? So mm-hmm. right before I actually sat down and made Hometown Holiday, I kind of like had these ideas going through my head, you know, like a lot, a lot of people in uh, this time of year is watching um, a lot of these Hallmark Christmas movies with my now wife. Um, right. Perfect, yeah. Know, just silly, fun stuff, so pretty mindless. And there's all, all these recurring tropes and things. And I the kind of the recurring tropes and joking about this kind of what led to like, oh, well, you know, there's always these six kind of character archetypes. And wouldn't it be fun if those were your classes in a role-playing game? Mm-hmm. Um, 
around the same time, my friends who I was playing D&D with at the time uh, had the idea that they wanted to do a charity live stream uh, for the Trevor uh, project, mm-hmm. um, just to raise some money, just kind of like a nice thing to do around the holidays. Sure. Um, and I was like, hey, I have this idea for uh, kind of a, a holiday, like a Hallmark holiday game. So do we want to just like try that? And we did. And I uh, ran a couple play, t- like two play tests beforehand. And then we just went live and I, I GM'd uh, the kind of beta version of Hometown Holiday for 12 hours straight. Um, yeah, 12 hours? <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, four different one shots, three hours each. Um, back to back? Yeah, the players would sub out and I would just stay in and oh my uh, GM goodness. a new story. <laughs> it was great. It was, it was a bunch of fun. We, we, uh, it started yeah. off very simple, uh, like very simple Hallmark plot. And then as the night went on, it got a little kookier to the end was um, was a heist. Like a, like a casino heist, Ocean's Eleven style kind of thing. A Hallmark holiday heist? Yes. <laughs> wow. I don't even uh, know what that would look like, but amazing. I would have been exhausted doing 12 hours of that, though. Like, I do an hour or two here or there, maybe three hours streaming, but 12 hours, that's a lot. That's it, that's a lot of time. It, it was a lot. I was dead by the end, but it's, it's kind of exhilarating. It's, um, you know, especially because it was... The groups kept subbing out, so we had one group, a second group, and then two mixtures of those previous two groups. So the people were changing out. Um, it was different stories every time, and um, I like to perform. So. Well, that's just as well. It seems like it all worked out great. So you were kind of like you saying live streaming, and was this an early version of the game with the rules very different to what they are now? They they are pretty pretty dang similar. Um, okay. they, we did a couple more playtests after that, and being able to run it. This time back to back, especially with the same people back to back, which you don't always get. Um, mm-hmm. I find, you know, finding time and people and everything necessary to test RPGs is like a whole other thing. Because um, yeah. I mean, like finding time to schedule a game that already exists that everyone has has good faith in is something. And then be like, hey, instead of playing that thing we were planning on, how about we do this one that I don't know if it works or not? Um, <laughs> it can be challenging. So this was a good opportunity to test. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so basically some like some refinements, add in a couple little rules, but I, I really wanted to keep it as light as possible. My, my goal was to make this as beginner friendly. I found the theme, um, for instance, uh, you know, my, my parents would always tune in every time we did the, um, the D&D streams for Hasbro and they would be there and supportive, but they have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on, even though I was like, oh, I thought that story was pretty <laughs> simple and made sense. Yeah. Um, and then they would tune in and watch this and, oh, I perfectly understood what was going on. So I, I think that theme already being familiar with like, okay, it's the setup of a TV rom-com. I know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I can follow what's happening. It's a world I'm familiar with. And I, I wanted yeah. to make sure that carried over into the rules to be something that is friendly to beginners. Definitely. Well, like you say, I think when you're introducing a new game to somebody, if they know what the theme is, it's already so much more easy and comfortable for them to jump in because like they know the reference points, they they know the tropes. Um, so speaking of kind of the reference points and the tropes, um, shall we dig into the, the game a little bit and, and how it works? So how does yeah. character creation work? Um, so uh, kind of the premise of the game, it, it's um, inspired, obviously, by Hallmark holiday movies and, you know, mm-hmm. all, all those kinds of things. The premise is that each player is um, kind of their own protagonist in the same Hallmark rom-com. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all, by, they all have their own separate meet-cute with a love interest played by the GM. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the game, they're trying to resolve the kind of, you know, standard plot, which is like, oh, no, there's like uh, a millionaire trying to destroy downtown or you know the christmas tree farm is in danger or 
there's an ice skating tournament, you know, something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then kind of in alongside that, everyone is vying for the affections of a love interest. So everyone's kind of like trying to do things, is trying to kind of save the day in an effort to impress a love interest the most, trying to like bond with mm -hmm. them, um, but also resolve this kind of bigger plot together. Um, so for the character creation, there's just six simple um, roles. We call them classes. Yeah. Um, they are like classes. We call them roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they're they're all like I said, they're they're all tropes. So they're this one that you're showing here, the heart of Main Street. So this is you know the plucky mm -hmm. small business owner. Um, yeah. Maybe they're 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 overworked. Mm -hmm. um, you know they're they're used to having to be scrappy to make ends meet, mm -hmm. um, but they're kept alive with uh, with their holiday cheer and and things like that. Um, so you'll see here, you know, everyone has a name, uh, a two sentence backstory. I find from my own experience that that just works best with like any RPG. It's just like you mm -hmm. can know what you are. You can know the more flesh out details of your character, but if you can give it to me in two sentences, that's really easy for everyone to work with and for everyone to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you choose one skill. So here you can be crafty and it means that you, um, you know, you, you, it's just your character can be like, oh, I'm experienced uh, putting things together, uh, you know, store displays, yeah. things like that. So that might give me some sort of advantage um, putting things together physically at a later point. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Or you can have this other skill or local shop, and that just says um, I'm more familiar with the townspeople, um, and they mm -hmm. all trust me. I know this kind of eclectic group of uh, kind of maybe strange downtowners, all with their own quirky personalities. Mm -hmm. um, so you just choose one of those, get your, your two sentence backstory, and you're good to go. Um, there's three stats: uh, sweaters, cocoa, and cheer, which is your basic like kind of uh, amazing, <laughs> yeah, my body, mind, soul kind of thing that you see done in a lot of RPGs. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, uh, yeah, slapped with a coat of uh, holiday paint. Um, of course. So, what do those then, what do those uh, stats kind of kind of do? So, sweater is sweaters is kind of like your physical prowess, your mm -hmm. your strength if you need to like lift something up. Um, yeah. Basically, anything for physical tasks. Um, cocoa is like um, your your mental acuity. So, you know how quickly you might put something together, how good your memory is. Uh, mm -hmm. If there's like a and there's not like puzzles in this game, but if there's some sort of problem you need to solve, yeah, uh, you're going to be the one to go to. And mm -hmm. cheer is kind of um, it's kind of like your charisma, and also mm -hmm. just it, it, kind of what it says on the label. It's your it's your holiday cheer. That's mm -hmm. your plucky can do attitude. That's kind of going to get you through the situation and might inspire others. Yeah, I love the the theming with those skills. Were there any other kind of ideas you threw around to have? You know, represent them with different words or stuff, or did the with these like the, obviously it's going to be your sweater, cocoa, and cheer. I I think there were probably a couple other ones. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember what they were, but they would have. I, I you know I, I want that like one sentence. Cheer I find is a little more self-explanatory than sweaters and cocoa, but um, yeah. it's kind of a vibes thing. Like when I think like yeah. sweaters, I think like sturdy and like warm, and that's like mm -hmm. obviously the shape of a body. And I think cocoa, I'm thinking like. Oh, like I yeah. have my my hot cocoa, or I have my coffee, and I'm like thinking so very vibes based. Uh, yeah, <laughs> perfect for the game. Like 100% what this game is is amazing. Um, yeah, so character creation obviously is, is really quick. So it's something you can do at the table before the game. So it's not like people need to, you know, look up stuff beforehand and things. And then I also see we have secret objectives. Yeah. So this is. Um... This is just a little little extra thing in the game. Um, so at the beginning of the game, everyone rolls. Uh, there's a there's a list of six secret objectives on every character sheet. 
beginning of the game, you roll a d6, you uh, pick a, a cor corresponding one, you don't share it with anyone, and then that just gives you an extra little thing to try to do throughout the game. So, um, for instance, here, uh, if you rolled a two at the beginning of the game and you're the heart of Main Street, you have a secret objective to sabotage a competing business. Um, and so that yeah. just kind of gives you, because I want the character creation to be so straightforward and like mm -hmm. basically zero prep, um, that can kind of help inform some of your character decisions while mm -hmm. you're going. That gives you a little extra thing to hold on to um, that you might not have thought of before. And it just brings the story in interesting directions. Um, functionally, the game is actually a competition. It is who, you know, uh, normally who, uh, sorry, the GM is keeping track of you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, this person had a good interaction with a love interest, or they've done something that really impressed them, or, oh boy, they really messed up and made a fool of themselves in front of the love interest. So there's kind of this loose point tracking system. Um, mm -hmm. Typically, the person who ends up with a love interest at the end, they share um, one chaste kiss, and the game ends. And mm -hmm. usually, they go on to be the winner. Okay. But if, if someone was in, like, second place, and they completed their second objective, or their secret objective, and the first person did it, then they're the winner. It's really not about that it's like technically a competitive game i think that's some holdover mm -hmm. from my uh, from my board game design and i've i fiddled yeah. with leaving it in or taking it out um mm -hmm. but while i think that like who wins actually doesn't really matter it's everything that all these things add on in terms of you know like i said like the secret objective gives you an extra little tidbit to add to your character um worrying about not worrying about winning but just knowing that's a competition even if you're yeah. caught up in the storytelling kind of might get you to, um, at the end of the day, this game is going to be a lot of flirting with your friends, which we all joke is like, oh, that's <laughs> what you do in RPGs. Um, but that's something like, I'm not always comfortable with something other, uh, other people aren't always mm -hmm. comfortable with. But yeah. when there's uh, <laughs> when there's glory to be had at the end, sometimes that's a little extra uh, motivation you need for it's like, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm in this to win. I'm going to be okay. the most charming uh, rom-com protagonist I can kind of a thing. And so oh, everything amazing. is works to kind of to those ends even if you know the spirit of the game isn't quite competition the spirit of the game is just telling a story i, I find mm -hmm. these things uh help bring newer people in definitely and i i think you mentioned there like flirting with your friends like obviously this is a, a romantic comedy rpg so it's not going to be anything like you say it's going to be a chaste kiss there's nothing too salacious going to be happening but you are going to be like flirting and, and role-playing romance with people um so what kind of like guidance or safety tools do you recommend for people coming to play the game for the first time? Um, there is one safety tool. I actually don't know if I reference it in Hometown Holiday. I, I, I typically like the, uh, the lines and veils. I always pick, point people to that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, just generally like starting out, you mm -hmm. know, I, I have a group of people I play with and we kind of all know each other's comfort levels and things at this point, mm -hmm. but new group of people I find especially like, hey, is there anything we don't want to address? Is there anything like stay away from this that you're not quite comfortable with and just creating a safe, safe environment. Um, in, in this game, um, talking about like no salacious stuff, I, I, yeah. I think part of it you can lean on is what I explain in the rules is that this is, um, it's poking fun at, you know, Hallmark holiday stuff, but it's also mm -hmm. fully embracing it. And so yeah. that means all the romance stuff uh, is, is completely just like, sexless in like an almost to an almost yeah. comedic time. Like, um, like a Disney movie or something, you know? Exactly. We're like yeah. they're gonna like get really close to it, but it's gonna be in a weird way and it's gonna be like sterile almost. And <laughs> I, I guess I kind of encourage I encourage people to embrace that. I have like that mm -hmm. kind of awkward flirtation where it's like, um, oh that man is shirtless, but that's it. 
we saw that shirtless <laughs> man and that's uh, we smiled and that was it um kind of a thing uh, <laughs> so I, I i think with with this game it's really I, i'm really I, I talk about some other stuff too where it's like i i think games are art playing games is art. i think playing mm-hmm. role-playing games especially is such a good way and oftentimes a safe way to explore a lot of um, darker things a lot of things that we're not comfortable with, a lot of things that maybe sure. we feel about ourselves but we don't want to talk about um mm-hmm. outright um and I think games should address those. I think games should absolutely address uncomfortable things, yeah. permitting everyone is comfortable and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mentioned in the game, that's important. This is this game, like that's just not the tone. You can if you really yeah. want to. If this system is not really going to support <laughs> that, uh, yeah. It, I, I encourage people to as much as they can, like take mm-hmm. on the tone because it is a familiar theme. Um, yeah. and people know what that tone is, and encourage people to really play into that kind of silly chase genuineness kind of kind of thing yeah definitely and i think like you're saying role-playing games are like an art form in the way that that movies can be as well and some movies deal with some different themes and stuff and this game is very much of the genre it's a loving a loving parody of would that perhaps be a or homage (laughs) uh to in the game okay awesome so we kind of we've got the setup so we know what the theme is we've got our characters what does uh, a game look like? Like, and how how long would a game kind of take? And how do we? How would a, someone running the game structure structure the narrative of the story? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> pointing pointing back to movies, pointing back to you know fully embracing mm-hmm. uh, the the inspiration for this game is um, I, I say the game should take two to three hours. Um, a one shot. That's that's the length it takes to watch one of these movies with commercials. Uh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> the amount of time you'd be spending in this world anyway. Um, and I, the, the structure I give is um, three three act structure. I don't know if it's the true three act structure, or just something approximating it. But um, the recommended step is yeah. act one is all the meet cutes. So we introduce mm-hmm. each player character in their own scene, in their own environment, and their own quick meet cute, their own quick uh, introduction to the love interest. So maybe mm-hmm. um, if I, again, if I'm the store owner. I'm in the store. I'm talking to my, um, you know, to to my friend or to my coworker, and the love interest comes in, and we have this, you know, we bump into each other. We have this cute interaction. Um, I fall, I fall off the ladder when I'm stacking the shelf, and they they catch me. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Then, I'm so in this genre. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> they leave. Um, that scene ends. We go to the next person. There are the their role might be dating a jerk, and they've come home from the city with their um, you know, just real mm-hmm. uh Christmas holiday hating yuppie boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. and they're driving down Main Street, and oh no, uh, we had a low impact crash with the love interest. This is my favorite go to uh, moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Having the love interest be hit by a car, and then uh, <laughs> you gotta love that a yeah. lot. Um, but they're not really hurt. It's fine. It's fine. Oh no, they're not hurt. They, they of yeah, course, yeah. Uh, they, they stand up. They brush it off. You know, their sweater is uh, slightly damaged. No, no big deal. But then that gives them a, a talking point to then that character. Yeah. And then you know, and, and so on. So we go around. That's Act One. Um, mm-hmm. Act the end of Act One. Throughout Act One, we're starting to introduce you know kind of what the plot of the session is going to be. So that mm-hmm. could be that there is um, an old you know there's an old cranky shop owner who's trying to buy the rest of the Main Street stores. And that could include, uh-huh. you know, the heart of Main Street store. And they're going to, you know, close it all down, shut down the holiday festivities, things like that. And so we find ways, you know, as you're going, you can kind of find ways, find ways for everyone to be connected and how that all impacts them. And most of all, it needs to impact the love interest because, mm-hmm. you know, the characters need to be invested in 
how the plot affects them, but they also want to, you know, if that connection is maybe not as, is a little more tenuous, if the love interest cares about what's going on, they're trying to impress the love interest. And so they're trying sure. to save the day on account of that. So then we say act two is we introduce the problem as to why the uh, love interest and the players can't be together because and it's usually because there's something else going on. And from yeah. this point on, uh, we try to keep everyone in the same room as much as possible so all the characters can interact. And mm -hmm. I find that even though it's, uh, you know, technically a competitive game, everyone is always on the same side. And again, that just goes back to the tone of the genre where it's like, mm -hmm. we're all cheery, we're all gonna be friendly with each other. Um, and then act three is we are resolving that issue and mm -hmm. we are wrapping things up and uh, someone ends up with a love interest, maybe two other characters paired up. I've had it before <laughs> where nobody ends up with a love interest. Oh. Um, Cause they just turned out to be like, not a very likable person. Um, oh. <laughs> Uh, but, but then there were other NPCs that came up and, you know, people fell in love with them or the players fell in love with each other. So. That's such a role-playing thing to happen. Everyone comes obsessed with this random NPC that was not going to be a big deal, but you're like, okay, fine. I guess we all care about this random NPC that I had nothing for. Go ahead. That's exactly. the most role-playing thing I've ever heard. That's great. And, and so I find like using that structure, there's really not too much prep needed. It, it's mm -hmm. uh, GM, you know, the players, um, I've had people just pull up at a table before, uh, never played before, and just be like, okay, I want this role. I choose my name. Uh, okay, I'm uh, I'm dating a jerk. I can think of a two-sentence two, uh, backstory. We're good mm -hmm. to go. And then the GM just needs to know kind of what the basic plot is and then like a name for the love interest and kind of kind of good to go from there. Amazing. So with, yeah, and it sounds like it'd be quite fun to GM because you could create quite convoluted, ridiculous scenarios for them to be in because that's so in the genre. So it doesn't matter if it's like, that doesn't sound realistic because that's what those movies are all about. You know, yes. there's all these massive coincidences that you're like, really? <laughs> there's yeah. coincidences, there's magical realism. Sometimes there's just magical unrealism, right? It's, it can just mm -hmm. really go. Um, I have a little table in the back, a D66 table that... Mm -hmm. um, just kind of gives plot suggestions and we say for your, uh, for your first game only choose um you know options 11 to 21 26 because you, you roll to uh two die die one is digit one die two is second digit um and then after that they get increasingly wackier so okay. there's one at the end that's like um it's just like agatha christie uh the love interest is holding is hosting a party at their mansion and there's been a murder um, oh, wow. so like it can be real simple to like oh the um you know, the love interest is uh, wants to win the figure skating contest, but they have a rival who's trying to sabotage them. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, there's ghosts and who knows what happens. <laughs> so a whole range of different stuff there. Um, what kind of tips would you give to someone who's going to be running this game for the first time? So, um, yeah, what kind of a guidance would you and advice would you give to them? I would say to just uh, keep it keep it loose. Um, I am someone like before I started uh, kind of getting to my own games and, and designing stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I was someone who would do a lot of prep uh, before mm -hmm. sessions. And I think obviously do the kind of I'm gonna prep you're interested or you're you feel comfortable with. But I, I would say mm -hmm. you know use these kind of one shot these rules like one shots as an opportunity to explore um, uh -huh. to kind of push your your improving um, abilities. And uh, what, what I found is that that kind of allows everyone at the table to shine. I mean, when, when you're playing this, you know, you're gonna have a group of like four to six people. There's not gonna be an awkward pause or anything or any kind of hold up because everyone's gonna be excited about like, they yeah. know what a Hallmark uh, holiday movie is. They, they're they excited to come in with their jokes and their, and their mm -hmm. tropes and things. And so I, I think this is a good one to um, 
yeah, just just try going in and uh, kind of letting letting everyone shine, letting everyone uh, collaborate uh, without you know necessarily knowing where it's going to go. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think uh, another key part of prep for this would be to watch some cheesy holiday romance films. Obviously, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, know your source material would be the key thing there. Um, speaking of like kind of cheesy holiday uh, kind of films, you mentioned this earlier on uh, in, in in the book Inside. You say how obviously a lot of these holiday movies we're used to feature like it's predominantly like Christian and the, the people in them are like kind of white, able-bodied things like that. But I think you mentioned um, that you don't have to play it that way, and you kind of encourage diversity in that. And I think that was really really great to see you kind of put that in what made you want to kind of stress the importance of that in in the game like like i said i think one of the really wonderful things about rpgs is that you can come to the table and whoever you are in any way and and kind of act and kind of you know do all this exploration find out all these things um and yeah it's i i think there's a really good sense of this uh in a lot of the indie rpg uh scene uh, just encouraging diversity and things like that, um, and I, I don't know. It, it just kind of seemed uh, like, uh, like a no-brainer. I, I, I didn't, I didn't want people to be turned off looking at the game and seeing that it's, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's like Hallmark Christmas movies, and then being like, I, I guess that's not for me. I didn't want anyone to feel yeah. like this. I wanted this game to be as approachable as possible. I mean, I want all my games to be as approachable as possible and for everyone. For sure, to be, yeah, yeah. To be able to play. Um, but you know, th- this is this especially uh, with it being something that is so much in the public conscious, and it's you know, frankly, it's like a trendy thing to like goof on Hallmark movies. You know, the past mm-hmm. couple years, um, yeah. and I, I didn't want anyone to feel excluded from that experience. And like, I don't know, I I feel like to an extent saying like, you know, hey, you can play as whoever you are should be, I don't know, it it, it almost seemed redundant, but uh, yeah. I do think it's important to acknowledge that like, hey, just because like. This this experience of goofing about this thing should not be held by a group of people, you know? Like, that should be a fun thing that we can all enjoy together and um, explore that however we want to. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I completely I completely agree. It was really great to see you kind of put that in the book and, and make sure that was part of it so people can sell all sorts of different kind of stories so you can have your own very own completely queer hometown holiday and yes. make it whatever holiday you want as well um so so yeah that was really great to see really pleased to have that in there um so we'll come out to the part of the show where i'm going to ask you to talk about other tabletop rpgs and you did put in the mpc phone book in some of the images you sent me so could you tell me a little bit about that yeah yeah so this was actually my my zine month crowdfunding project from this last year that uh uh-huh. just just got finished up, just ordered the physical copies and just launched on itch. So it's not Ooh. the game itself. It's a, it's a supplement, but mm-hmm. oh, hey, look, there's a link. thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a supplement. I worked with um, the amazing illustrator, uh, Reagan Dickard. So it's a collection of over 60 NPCs. Uh, I talk about two sentence backstories. These are like two to three sentence blurbs of just, here's a character um, with a silly name. And here's like just a premise of who they are. Sometimes it's, know something really um really simple just about a character sometimes who character is really informs what the world is but the Mm -hmm. idea is uh if you're doing your um you know you're doing your gming prep and you need to throw a character in there and you're like i want to add some little interesting thing to this um this is just a resource of characters that you can pull from and i I kept the blurb short to Mm -hmm. because one i wanted to make them system agnostic i wanted this whole thing to work with any system Mm -hmm. so there's 
characters who are fantasy, there's characters who are like contemporary, there's characters who are sci-fi. Um, and I, I wanted it to be able to work with any system to be able to, you know, be able to use this resource. And um, sorry, I forgot where I was going. No, <laughs> okay. no problem. So, and someone in the comments even said, mash this up with hometown holiday to feature those characters. So that could be a way to use it. So that's the idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Hometown holiday is supposed to be really goofy. These characters are, um, I like to think that there's some interesting premises going on here. Uh, one of my favorites mm -hmm. is, uh, it's a character named dark Patricia and she's a uh, kind of the trope of, Oh, I'm the dark, I'm the evil clone of this other person. Um, but the other person died before they ever met, Dark Patricia. Normal Patricia died before Dark Patricia ever met her. Completely oh, wow. unrelated. And so Dark Patricia is just this, like, I don't know, kind of like walking existential crisis of, like, I am supposed to be the evil person of someone who does not exist anymore. Um, wow. So I think there's some, like, interesting concepts <laughs> there, but they're also all kind of silly. I yeah, yeah. I just wasn't writing, like, you know, 60 funny little guys that, you know, every one of these 60 little guys also has something interesting going on that you can use um, to inform your game world. But, uh... Amazing. That, well, that all sounds great. Um, and I mentioned, I didn't even mention, so um, if people have heard about Hometown Holding, they're like, yes, 100%. It is now December. I want to play this one shot with my friends. Where can they Where can they get a copy of this? Where's the best place to go? Yeah, uh, if you're looking for digital copies, you can go uh, to my itch page, uh, kidnick.itch.io, there on the screen. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you can also go to... Um, started getting distributed through uh, Indie Press Revolution. So you can go on there, mm -hmm. get a PDF. Um, and it's also getting started. It's starting to be sold uh, physical copies um, around the US. But I think, mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't know for sure. If you want a physical copy, IPR will ship to the US and I think certain other parts of the world, but I, I don't know for sure. Maybe. Well, we can get in touch and, and ask you then. If anyone has any questions, you're on Twitter as well for the moment. Well, Twitter still exists. Yes, so. I'm on Twitter, uh, KidNick1. Um, I've always been on Tumblr, but not posting. But now I'm posting more on Tumblr because uh, Twitter's gross anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, we well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Tumblr.com okay. slash blog slash games is the link. That's I think I'm glad it's there because I would not have remembered. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So it's on the screen if you're watching live. And if you're listening to the podcast, the links will be in the show notes for all those wonderful places there. Um, so is there anything you want to share about Hometown Holiday? Anything that I forgot to ask you or any closing statements you want to make about the game? Um, yeah, there, there's one feature I want to call out that um, mm -hmm. one of the one if if you're playing and or if, if you're interested in playing, you're like, I don't know, maybe I'm a little apprehensive about jumping in and being one of these main characters or the flirting aspect, honestly, just kind of mm -hmm. makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I want to take a backseat to that. One of the five, one of the six roles is the friend, okay. uh, which plays on the trope of the kind of omnipresent friend that's always in these movies. That They're, they're always giving sage advice. They're always, yeah. um, they're always just there, frankly. Mm -hmm. So the friend is there in every scene. Um, but the way that they could win the game is just by giving good love advice to the other players. So they don't have to do any of the flirting they can if they want to. Uh, one of their secret mm -hmm. objectives is to end up with one of the player characters. But um, yeah, so that's just another little thing that, you know, it sounds interesting, but you don't want to yeah. you know jump in all the way. It's, a, it's an easy way to try it. That's a really great. And I love that because the friend is always there and they seem to only exist for the protagonist yes, and don't exactly. have their own stuff going on. Like the friend is like, oh my gosh, this is happening to me. And the friend's like, I'm right there. And it's like, do they not have a job? Do they not have like their own stuff going on? 
Absolutely that's, that's, not. No. That's a thing in the in the game. Actually, they everyone yeah. writes a two sentence backstory. The friend does not have a backstory. They oh. exist there. There's something that feels so sad and deep about no, no, that. It totally is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, correct. Talk about existential crisis. We're talking about earlier. Okay, that's great. But um, yeah. So hometown holiday. You can uh, check that out and get that on uh, the links we've just mentioned uh, there. Um. So Nick, I also want to ask you before you go, uh, which I ask everyone, is do you have any recommendations for indie tabletop RPGs? The rules are: it can't be a game that you've made because uh, we've just spent a bit of time talking about your game, and it can't be Dungeons and Dragons either. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, yes, one of my absolute favorites to play with my group pro do RPGs with, like we're doing D&D, now we're doing Monster of the Week. Uh, sometimes like not everyone can make it to a session. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's like, we want to we want to get together and play, but we're just not feeling the like weight of like going into like a campaign and like the kind of heavier stuff. Um, sure. Parsley by Jared mm -hmm. A. Uh, Sorensen is really fantastic. Um, like I talk about striving to make beginner friendly games like Parsley mm -hmm. is the I think best example so the, the premise if you're unfamiliar is that it is a uh, kind of like an old school text adventure okay. um, where it's like you're in a room there's an exit to the north and the west and you know you type in yeah yeah north. yeah and um, I, th I think those those games might predate both of us but um but it's kind of uh, you to say but no <laughs> but yeah <laughs> um but uh, the the GM uh, has a book basically uh, where it just it lists everything that you say. So like if I'm the GM, uh, mm -hmm. it it says exactly everything I say. I give the options. I can elaborate. You know, like there could be um, there could be like a hiker on the trail, and um, you can talk to the hiker. And you know, the book gives you specific interactions with the hiker. Um, mm -hmm. But then you know, you don't have to like elaborate or anything more if you if you need to. But it, it's you know it, it's really easy to play by the script, and what's great is for the players, um, if you're up first and you say go north, and it goes to the person sitting to your right, and they say pick up the egg, and then person to them says go west, and so every it, gets, it just cycles through everyone getting to say one simple thing, working as a group because uh, everyone's sorry, everyone is controlling the same kind of mm -hmm. player character and just taking turns, and so it's just super lightweight. It gets super silly. There's different um, if you buy the book, I think it has like a Western mm -hmm. one and like a haunted house oh, one cool. and like, uh, you know, it ages from very kid friendly to, I don't think it ever gets like adult adults, but you know, yeah. yeah so perfect. <laughs> I love that. That's a great recommendation. And uh, we'll see if we get them on the show next year, because that's secretly why I ask all my guests about it. So uh, I can just get recommendations for future guests. Um, so Nick, thank you so much uh, for giving up your time and coming on to tell us about hometown holiday. Um, I hope you enjoy the holidays. I can see you're already in the festive spirit with your jacket. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on to, to share your game with us. Yes. Uh, hey, thank you so much. This is such an honor to be on. I was looking at the guest list and be like, oh my God, there's so many big names here and they want me here too. <laughs> of um, course. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a quick shout out to uh, A.A. Voigt here, to, to Aaron Voigt here, uh, who, mm -hmm. who was sending in a comment. Um, mm -hmm. uh, they do awesome RPG. Uh, they review all... Uh, much like your show, they review uh, games over on YouTube. Um, oh, awesome. People shout them out too. So it's a great way to find other indie tabletop RPGs. Yes, um, perfect. Well, with Not D&D, we will be back next week. Uh, we're talking about a sports anime RPG called Playball. Uh, so come back same time next week. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. And Nick, thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Bye. Jess.